Good morning. Okay, Psalm 100 reminds us that we should enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name, for the Lord is good. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, loving and gracious Lord, I thank you so much for who you are. I thank you for the goodness that flows from your throne. I thank you for your love, your mercy, and your watchful care over us. Lord, we don't deserve any of it, but we thank you for it. God, I thank you for your plan of salvation. Lord, that you created a way that we could enter the Holy of Holies to come before your throne and lay down our petitions. Jesus, we thank you for the cross. For on that cross, you saved us from our sins. And now, you are seated at the right hand of God the Father to hear our prayer and to intercede for us. Thank you, God, for sending the Holy Spirit into our lives. Lord, the Holy Spirit lives within us. And sometimes we take that for granted. Sometimes we don't even understand the power that we have inside of us. But Lord, the Holy Spirit walks with us and talks with us daily, keeps us from harm, and helps us navigate the rough waters that sometimes life can throw at us. Thank you. Lord, I thank you for this church. Lord, I thank you for each member, each attendee, everybody in the community that knows about East Glenville Church. Lord, there are many people that keep this church running. And I would, I would be amiss if I tried to even talk about all of that. But I just want to thank you for each one who, who is here to serve you, who is here to love you, and that share that love with our community. I thank you, God, for the life of Terry Maxson. Andre Squire's stepmom. We pray for Andre, Emma, and Cody. We ask that you will surround them with your abounding love and peace as they take comfort that Terry's suffering is now over and that she's resting in your loving arms. There are so many needs here that are represented right in the sanctuary this morning that there's no way that we can possibly pray for all of them. But Lord, we continue to lift up Tom Dreisbach's sister Jan and Pastor Phil's sister B's medical concerns. We ask that you would restore them to good health. We also ask that you would help Cindy Phillips' dad, that he would be placed in a rehab facility that would be acceptable to his family. Lord, today we face so many struggles in our individual lives, in our daily walk. 
There are so many stresses. Anxiety level is so high. People are struggling to figure out where their next meal might come from. But Lord, you are the God of our provision. We stand assured that our God will meet all of our needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. That's a promise. Thank you, God, that for the opportunity for our church to participate in this short-term mission trip to the Czech Republic. We do pray that you will be glorified through their efforts and continue to keep our group safe from all harm. And we look forward to them coming, returning back to share their experiences, to share their love, and to just continue to let that experience motivate them day by day as they walk with you. So Lord, this morning we, we thank you for Reverend Willie Grasso, um, who will deliver your message to us. Lord, I pray that you would anoint him with an extra portion of your Holy Spirit this morning as he is your servant. So before I dismiss the church, children to junior church, Greg and Susie Bandy will be up front after the service to lead a time of prayer for the Czech missions team. So if that's something you felt you would like to do, they will be up front here. And I'm sure they would be more than willing to pray for any other requests that you might have. Um, so with that, we welcome the Reverend Willie Grosso. Thank you. Jason? Wow, all that prayer and music, how can I go wrong, right? I better give you a good message, the pressure's on me. Um, I'll give you a brief story. I'm a retired businessman. I used to own a company in Schenectady called Boulevard Rug. Maybe I did floors in somebody's houses. And when I was 45 years old, I had it made, and God came and goofed everything up and said, okay, you're all done. You're going into the ministry now. And I'll tell you, I wouldn't trade my life for anything. Serving the Lord is incredible. So let's begin with the message. People come up to me all the time and they ask me this question. I need you to hear this because it's deep and it's poignant and it's far-reaching. It says this, does God have a purpose for my life? So I tell them, sure. God has a purpose for everybody's life. It doesn't matter how big or how small you are, how smart, how dumb, how ugly, how beautiful you are. God has a purpose and a plan for everybody's life. But then I get this. If this is true, and it is true, here it comes. What is God's purpose for my life? My life. And that's the time that I have to say, I don't know. Because God is so personal. And I'm not God. He has a specific plan that's just between you and him. Now I can help you find his will through prayer, through seeking, and through searching this Bible. But I cannot claim to tell you exactly and precisely what God does have for your life. 
But there is something that I can do for you. I can teach you what is God's general will for all people. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. God's general purpose for all people so you can know it and you can build off of this and find out what the Lord has in store for you specifically. We're going to go to the Word very shortly, but I want everybody to know here, I'm a Bible guy. I believe the Scripture is God's perfect, inherent words of God, and it's a truth that He gave us to live by. And when it comes to His Holy Word, I always remind myself what D.L. Moody once said. He said, sin will keep a man from this Bible, but this Bible will keep a man from sin. So, let's go to Matthew chapter 22, if we can put it up there. Matthew chapter 22, and I'm going to read verses 36 through 38. It says this, Master, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. I want to give you the context here so we all know what's going on. Some smart aleck came up to Jesus one day and asked him, what is the greatest of all the commandments? Now, he didn't ask him because he wanted to know. He was actually trying to trick him. That's not going to work, so we all know that. So Jesus gave him this answer, and it was a good one. He said, the greatest commandment of them all is to love God, and not just to love him, but to love him with all of your being. And within that lies the first general purpose for all people. What is it? It's actually very easy. It's worship, guys. Worship. Worship. You know, when the Lord made Adam and Eve, the first institution that he ordained on this earth was worship. And that poses a question to all of us right now. And I need you to hear this, because it all starts here. Do you love God more than anything? Or is there some other God in your life? Your house, your job. Maybe even your sins. Guys, anything that controls you is a God. That's with the little g. And our Lord says to us in his word that he is a jealous God. And he does not want to share his position or your love with anyone or anything before him. That's the first purpose for everyone. Love him first, last, always. Keep him in your hearts. He is your Lord. And this is where it all starts. With worship. But there's more here to this verse. Matthew chapter 22, verses 39 and 40 says this. And the second is like this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as I love thyself. Okay, now Jesus is going to give us a two for A two for one here. He tells us what is the second general purpose in everyone's life. To love our neighbor. Even when his dog is barking at 3 o'clock in the morning. The first purpose is easy, isn't it? Love God. That's easy to do, especially when we consider what Christ did on the cross for us. But the second one, uh, that's not quite so simple. And when Jesus was talking about neighbors, he wasn't talking about the nice guy who lives next door to you. He was talking about the mean old grump that lives three doors down. Sorry. But that's what our Savior told us. Remember, when Christ went to the cross, he went there for everybody, sinners as well as saints. And in this, you and I get to learn to act and to grow 
into the likeness of our Lord. In theology, we call this being sanctified, sanctification. You even have to love that nasty person that's at work with you who likes to pick on you and pray for them because remember, guys, only little people be little. I said, only little people be little. But you and I as believers, we're big in the Lord. And we know what Jesus calls us to do and to act in love. See this mentality right here of loving thy neighbor? It's all based on humility. It isn't walking around. This is what humility is. People think it's walking around with your face on the ground. It isn't. It's putting others before me. Humility is not thinking about it, humility isn't thinking less about myself. It's thinking about myself less. Chew on that one for a minute. Humility isn't thinking less about myself. It's thinking about myself less. Putting others before thee and their needs before me. I know this goes way, way, way against the ways of the world where everybody feels this need to promote themselves and be the centers of attention. We have a lot of narcissistic people out there now, don't we? But God's ways are not man's ways, certainly. So, what does the last verse tell us about God's second purpose? Listen, it's ministry. Ministry. Putting myself in the back row and serving others. Let me move on with this topic. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 now says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Again, I want to give you the context. Jesus has been crucified. He's now up in heaven. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, assuming his role as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. But at this point in time, he returns to see his disciples. And Jesus did that a lot. He came and he returned to people and talked to people on the earth a number of times. And he gives us here what we call in theology the Great Commission. What Christ tells his disciples is this. Because it's saying to all of us, too. His third purpose. What is it? Go and make disciples. In other words, preach this gospel. Give it out to anybody and everybody who will hear and listen. Well, you know something, Pastor Willie? I would do that. But I don't know the Bible like you. Maybe you don't. But you know there's something you do know. Your own story. You know what Jesus did for you in your lives. People, God never asks us to be his lawyers, to defend and know the scripture inside and out. But what he does ask is for you to be his witness, to share what he has done in his life, and you all know that because it's your story. Your testimony is a powerful and moving thing. They speak of the goodness of the Lord, and listen, testimonies offend Nobody. These are the first words out of the mouth of Christ when he gave us this great commission. It's that important. Share this gospel. And all of this lies God's third general purpose for all of mankind. What is it? It's easy. Evangelism. Evangelism. Share the truth. Share boldly what Christ has done for you in your lives. And I'll be bold here and say something else. If you're not endeavoring to save souls, you better take a good long look at your walk of faith. 
My motivation is to get to heaven. But I want to bring a whole bunch of other people there with me when I go. Is this registering with everybody so far? Evangelism. But there's more here with this verse. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Same verse again. But I want to look at the B part. Because here it says, go and baptize. Jesus tells us to baptize. In other words, God only wants, not only wants us to share this word and win over souls, but he just doesn't want you to chalk somebody up and then leave it at that. Because I'll tell you exactly what will happen after that. The enemy's going to come along and he's going to snatch him up. He's going to mess up their walk of faith. And he does that because the dude is losing customers and he doesn't like that. So what does the Lord tell us to do? It says to stay with them, to come alongside of them, to mentor, to teach, to invite them to church and let these new believers see Christ in our lives and working in us. Now, we have a wonderful name for all this. What is it? Simple. Fellowship. Fellowship. We gather together here in church and in our homes because we love our Lord and we are thankful for what he did on the cross, but also because we all know there is strength in numbers. Look around yourselves this morning. Look at the people in front of you, alongside you, behind you. You're not here just to hear me babbling on and on. You're here for them too because you might have something that they need. This is the church. This is the church in action. This is fellowship. And this is the fourth general purpose for God has for all believers. But there's just one last thing here. Matthew chapter 28, verse 20. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I had commanded you. And lo, I am with you always until the end. All right. Jesus is giving us the last part of the Great Commission. And here... He's going to reference to a really bad word. Obedience. Nobody likes to hear that word. Guys, it's not just as simple as sharing your faith with somebody, maybe even inviting them to church. It goes beyond that. All the way to teaching people how to act, how to live, how to behave, to set an example doing the same thing that I do and your pastor, Pastor Mitch, does every week from this pulpit, raise disciples. We have one final word for all this. A beautiful word. It's discipleship. Discipleship. I can name a number of people who helped me with my walk of faith and set the bar for me and set that high calling. Otherwise, I might not be up here today. Guys, we know the way. We know the better way. Because we know God's way. There's this big, huge, dark, ugly world out there, and the only light left is us, the church of Jesus Christ. So I say, let it shine through you. Teach people the way to new believers to seasons believers, to everyone. Ralph Waldo Emerson wrote it this way. He said, every man is my master and that I can learn something from them. Discipleship, the fifth and final general purpose that God has for all people. Something 
that we can all build off of. Do we all get this? I know that it was a lot, but it's God. And if it's God, it's good and it's worthy of our attention. So let me give it to you one more time so it sinks into your spirits. Worship, ministry, evangelism, fellowship, and finally, discipleship. I'm going to wind this down now. Now we all have a starting point. We know where to begin. How to find the will of God in your life. As I said before, this may seem like a difficult task, but really, the Lord made it easy. It isn't. But you've got to put in your time. You've got to pray a lot. Because God will speak to our hearts through prayer. And don't forget to read your Bibles, because the Lord just loves to talk to us through his holy word. Put in the effort, and God will direct your paths for your blessing and for his glory. A life in Christ, it truly is the only way to live. Amen? Amen. Okay, Chantal.